Okay, we're going to start with an icebreaker. I want everyone to go around and say their name, major, hometown, and a fun fact about themselves. Everyone's heard and dreads that basic conversation. As soon as you set foot on the 40 acres, organizations try to get your life story in four questions or less. Walking down Speedway, you can't help but be bombarded with tons of organizations begging you to join them, come to their event, or buy a potato. And I'm not kidding. I saw that the other day. Welcome to the second edition of the Daily Texans of the Hookup. I'm JT Lindsay. And I'm Morgan Keeler. So finding a community in a school of 50,000 people is hard. Personally, I felt super overwhelmed coming to campus. Everyone talks about how they met their best friend or even their spouse in college. But how do you get to that point? Some people join Greek life. Others are in student government. Some people do nothing. And some people, like us, spend entirely too much time in the Daily Texan basement. But this week on the podcast, we're exploring two communities on campus composed of diverse groups of people. Communities like these help to make a massive place seem just a little bit smaller. If you're like us, joining a group on campus is as much about the things you get to do as the people you get to live and laugh with. Our first story from Kate is about the various improv comedy groups that call campus home, a community that's built around laughing first, everything else second. Nothing brings people together like laughter, and Longhorns are no exception. If I could drop everything and start my career as a stand-up comedian, I would. But here's the thing. I wouldn't be any good. Comedy, believe it or not, requires a lot of experience outside of being funny. Everyone from Steve Martin to Tina Fey got their start in improv, contributing to their success with public speaking and on-the-spot wit. This week, I wanted to take a closer look at some of UT's funniest comedians and improvisers. The comedy community here on campus welcomes students of all backgrounds, classifications, and majors to create laughs and learn about the craft. I spoke with Tristan C. from Texas Improv, a brand new organization created with improv newcomers in mind. I was in a class called Intro to Improv uh, last semester, and um, a, group of, a group of people in that class, myself included, um, decided to start a club this semester, sort of to continue on that like friendship and stuff like that, but also to let you know new people in and also have a place where people can you know learn, learn improv for the first time. Texas Improv knows that improv comedy can seem intimidating to beginners, and that's why they welcome everybody into their group. Uh, you don't need to audition, so you can just walk in and just join us. Um, and also, we're um, we're uh, we're sort of. I don't want to say lower skill level, um, but but definitely for people who are just starting out and don't want to, you know, automatically enter, you know, into an atmosphere where a lot is expected from them. Um, you know, they can come to Texas Improv to sort of get used to the art form and, you know, sort of learn a lot about improv. Tristan said that some rookies may feel a lot is expected from them. So Texas Improv wants to take skills they've learned through the class and teach all members the basics. He also believes that successful improv comedy should feel like a conversation with friends. A scene that does particularly well is very similar to when you're just socializing in general and you have, um, you have a, you, you talk about something you're really interested in, stuff like that. Members from Hardy Har, an improv troupe since spring of 2017, talked to me about their role on campus. Here's what Daniel Frasan Nori and Dan Voinus had to say about their organization. Um, we are short form, 17 and up improv. A lot of people prefer uh, 
to sort of have no hold no holding back um that's something that we really fit into um that makes us unique um and i think being on a college campus uh that's a niche that needed to be filled um you know we're all adults we like making fun of things that could be inappropriate for others so i really like that about hardy har mm-hmm. that we're not just giggle pants but different there we have a specific difference um in the yeah. way we perform Unlike Texas Improv, the other groups on campus do have an audition process. Hardy Har is no exception, but they said their audition process stands out from the rest. Something that we do that's different than most improv troops is that we see how people mesh into our troop. It's not just if they're funny or not, um, but how their personality fits into our troop. Because um, we do improv best with the people that we're friends with. So we want people that um, we like in our troop, um, as well as being funny. Though Hardy Har welcomes beginners, many of their members have experience with improv in the past. Dan Voynis himself spent three years of his high school career in comedy groups, motivating him to begin the organization in the first place. Because he did improv for so many years, um, he convinced me, and I'm super glad that I did it. Improv is my favorite org that I'm in. Um, But Dan's experience in improv is really what brought us together. Yeah, that's sweet. I also sat down with Snafu who advertise themselves as the only long-form improv group on campus. Long-form is definitely more complicated, since improvers are expected to take one audience suggestion and turn it into an hour-long play. I thought this was particularly impressive, so I had Ariel Wesley and Trey Tobias tell me about their performance style. In, in the recent past, what is your favorite show that you guys have done, or like the most creative word given to you by an audience member? I remember one time we did a... Uh we got someone's phone and you know how it does like the auto suggests for like for your text messages we we just kept hitting the middle one and made a sentence and did a did a whole show off of like the sentence that that person's phone the text that it made that's pretty great that was fun While about half of Snafu's members are new to the craft, others do their own comedy routines at Cold Town and many frequent other Austin grassroots comedy clubs, like the Chortle Portal. Here's what Ariel had to tell me about the Chortle Portal. Well, that's written by Andrew Clarkston and um, one of his other, uh, his, it's written by him and his friend, and it's in Taos Basement, like every Saturday at 7 o'clock. Um, PM and it, um, yeah, it's comedy in a basement and it's really fun and they get a lot of Austin comics. Is it fun because of the atmosphere or is it fun because the comedy is usually like a hit or is the comedy a hit a hit or miss? It's usually both, both like the atmosphere is fun. It's just it's just kind of cool to be in this dark, dingy basement with a bunch of people and and the stage is really cute and small and the setup's really cute. And since it just passed, I asked Arielle and Trey to perform a little bit of Valentine's themed improv for the podcast. Yeah, Cheryl, I, I just was in the break room and I couldn't help but notice eight boxes of, eight, eight boxes of chocolates all gone and mm. eaten through. Yeah, uh, I did do that, and then I replaced it with some of the cubed cheese from the meeting earlier so people could take that home to their loved ones. Cheryl, this this has got to stop. Cheryl. Oh. This, what? This is valuable company resources that you are draining through. That was for that was for our, our company CEO. Him and his wife were going to come in 
and have a nice a nice little Valentine's Day lunch here. They totally can. There's like a lot of cube cheese in there. I don't see the problem. Cheryl, the cube cheese is not romantic. That's not true. That's the most sexy thing is cheddar. 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 Cheddar cheese. Cheddar cheese. Cheryl, when we brought you on as an intern straight out of eighth grade, you know, we were we were really excited for what you could bring here. But now I think your sense of maturity is is getting um, it is affecting your work ethic. Well, why did y'all hire me anyway? Y'all know I'm like 13. OK, because you were a great, great journalist. Well, mom, if we're going to be up front, I think there's some nepotism happening at this company. Cheryl, don't call me mother at work. Is you that know what you that don't, don't want them to know? Mother? Cheryl, come, keep your voice down. They can. <laughs> okay, that, that was great. Um. Whether you like to be the one telling the joke or the one laughing at it, the comedy groups of UT and throughout Austin are a vibrant bunch who lighten the mood and spread smiles. The best part of comedy on campus is the chance it gives students to take a break from taking themselves so seriously. And for all y'all suffering from the stress of midterms, remember that laughter is the best medicine. This past week, Marvel's Black Panther was released, and it's broken cultural barriers and earned the highest debut ever for a February film, with an estimated three-day domestic gross of $192 million dollars the fifth highest opening in American history. But beyond all of its financial success, here's a story from Debbie Nehiquiri about how Black UT has reacted to and celebrated the release of a film that has been called a cultural moment and a rare progressive one for Hollywood. The black population at the University of Texas at Austin is around 4.6%, and to those not a part of the community, it may come as a shock. But if you're a black student, the fact is that you might be the only black person in most of your classes. Being a part of a minority community at a predominantly white institution, simply put, is hard. It's hard to get your voice out. It's hard to speak up on issues affecting your community. It's hard to even be heard and understood fully. It is even more difficult to change grasp understanding into steps of action and to ultimately unify the entire community that you're a part of. Despite these difficulties, the black population at UT has thrived in its creation of organizations and events and simple carefree things to exemplify the heart and culture of the students that comprise the African diaspora. In the past year alone, black students organized UT Dunrag Day via Twitter where students were unapologetically black by wearing dune rags the entire school day, sparking articles across social media from BET to the Dallas Morning News. An Arthur parody of Riverdale made by radio television film students, Daniel Nkula and Ukiro Ukiro went viral and utilized different students of color. Recently, one of these events was Gone to Wakanda, a night where the black population of UT gathered together to watch the groundbreaking and iconic film Marvel's Black Panther. 
The creator of this event, Chris Plummer, who goes by Slim, Government Junior, and publicizers Devon White, Mechanical Engineering Sophomore, and Octavian Moten, African and African Diaspora Studies Sophomore, sat down to talk with me about the event itself, its importance to the Black community at UT, and the unification of the community as a whole. I'm Devon White. I'm Christopher Plummer. Uh, Octavian Moten. What is Gone to Wakanda? How did it come about? Explain all the events. We were randomly talking about hosting more events and not waiting for uh, Greek organizations in the black community to you know, host events for us. So after a few events that we hosted were successful, we planned on go ahead and just you know, reserve a movie theater for uh, the movie. Um, nobody really thought it was possible because nobody ever really hears about people reserving you know, movie theaters. Why is Marvel's Black Panther so important? the African diaspora as a whole? Um, the Black Panther film isn't necessarily um, the history of the comic book because I think our generation isn't very familiar with the comic book. I think it's more so the representation in media and film and this being a major movie in Marvel's you know, storyline as far as movies that they've done and the fact that it's a black cast with black actors that we've become familiar with over the years, you know, Michael B. Jordan, um, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, even the director with uh, Ryan Coogler doing uh, Apollo and with him doing, uh, what's it, Fruitvale Station. Just yeah. the fact that the, you know, the, the representation and these are people we've become familiar with, I think just made the movie you know, something that we kind of grasped to at an uh, early stage in the uh, talks about the movie. Um, what is like, the impact of having an event like this in general, but also on like, a predominantly white institution like MUT? Or what do you think the impact will be? Because it hasn't happened yet. I think the impact is, well, within UT, I think it just helps impact the black community and make people feel more welcome and, like, um, they have, you know, good shared experiences, like I said, only being the 5% here. And I think, like, how we have a video and it made it to BET, I think it's also going to help increase diversity here at UT as, you know, high school students or other students wanting to transfer can see what's going on here at UT and more black students will want to come here. What do you think is, like, next for, like, the UT black community? Mm. Like the next creative movement, and why are these creative movements like being started? I think these creative movements are being started overall just because first, black people are getting the connections here to be able to, you know, venture out. Like I've been a part of all three of these um, movements that happened, so we could easily say that you know black people are just you know, bringing forth the creativity that they've always had. Like, this is the creativity that black people have everywhere, but just because you have that creativity doesn't mean it's going to go mainstream. Everybody wants, you know, it's all about money. Everybody wants to see the money. So these type of things that are being started by Black UT and things are going viral and they're coming up because now with first Durag Day, kind of gave a lot of black people confidence that they can go viral and like they can be seen. It gave a lot of people confidence that like, oh, this was just a fluke and we was just literally just trying to have fun. We didn't expect Dallas Morning News and BET to come and do all of this stuff. So now that this type of stuff is happening, you have a lot more people who are becoming confident in themselves and their creativity. And now with all these collaborations and companies that are coming forward to put themselves out there and put these black people on great pedestals, like a lot more 
there's a lot more ways for people to become viral and become famous and get looked at in the black community. So, question: How can events and movements like these encourage the growth and unity, or like just camaraderie or whatever like word of unifyingness of black you like more um, people of color on campus? So I feel like the people who aren't in the black community, like it helps bring them in more. There's some people who are going to the going to Wakanda event. I don't even know, but they're black. I've never seen them before. I ain't never like touched them, seen their name, anything. But when I look at the list, they're black, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were here. But I'm glad you're coming. I feel like everyone should feel like empowered after these events to go out and if you want to do an event, make it happen. There's no, we're at the University of Texas. Just because you're black, there's a community. Like we said, there's a community who's going to support you. If you have an idea, we'll help you hash it out. We'll help you do what you need to do. But if you feel like there's something you want to do and you want to make known on UT's campus, as far as black UT goes, you can make it happen. And I feel like that should be done every year. This should just be the starting point. The actual event was phenomenal. Everyone was dressed in colorful swatches of African attire and formal threads. Faces were painted, adorned with beading and gold chains. Hair was froed and kinky, puffed out and coiled, defying gravity and exuding magic simultaneously. While onlookers were bewildered, the future citizens of Wakanda that black students comprised were shining. Screams of joy from friends praising each other's outfits to conversations about the experience that they were about to endure littered the air. People's excitement was palpable. It wasn't just anticipation for another Marvel superhero flick. It was the understanding that this film meant so much to them and the greater black community worldwide. Here are some UT students at Gone to Wakanda who expressed what Black Panther and the event means to them. What does Black Panther mean to you? Um, Black Panther means inclusivity, like being able to like Black people represented in like the industry, like superheroes and stuff. And yeah, I'm really excited that at least like the same people out there representing us. Like we have a movie with Black main actors, like a superhero movie that's a Marvel. Like it, so, it, it really means a lot. Like it means like yeah. I mean, this is probably the last first we're gonna have in, in superhero. Things and like, yeah, so it means a lot. Thank you. Black Panther means to me so many different things. Just to be in this environment where everyone around me is black, everyone on the screen is me black, that's something I've never experienced before. It really is uh, something else. Black Panther itself is beyond any description. The impact of Black Panther worldwide remains to be seen, but at UT, changes can already be identified. The Gone to Wakanda event was so amazing simply because it felt like you were watching a movie with your family or all of your closest friends. When you gasped, so did everyone else. When you were shocked, other people verbally expressed what you were thinking. Emotions were heightened that way. It truly felt like we were all experiencing the same thing at the same time together. But in reality, some people didn't know each other had never seen each other on campus. There were people who came out to the event that had never come out to any black events at UT. But that's what made it all the more gratifying. Camaraderie and unity was felt and made by the people who were virtually strangers, but who were all connected by Black Panther. 
This speaks volumes to the truth that the black community at UT can come together, no matter the obstacle, if we deem it so. Slim says it best. If nobody has our back, we have to have our own back. We have to take the time out of our day to make sure that everybody knows, yeah, I got your back. I'll come to your basketball game. I'll come to at least one or two of your events during your week because I might be a little busy. If you're performing, I'll come to see you. Like, we have to have each other's back. Like, people being too selfish and petty about it. Nah, it's time for the black community to just go ahead and come together and be a legit family about it. But, like, we need to give minority kids, like, actual visual that, like, we're here. This is what we do. This look at all the beautiful black faces that we got. Like we might be rare. Might not see like you know probably like twenty black people a day if you don't go to the X Lounge, but we're powerful if we decide to be. Black UT needs to have each other's backs. We need to get to know each other. We need to experience that sense of camaraderie, that sense of unity that was felt when we traveled to Wakanda. If the black community can do that on a regular basis. There is nothing and no one that can stop us. That's it for this week's episode of The Hookup. Be sure to tune in next week when we tell stories of Longhorns making it on their own. Our reporters this week were Debbie Nehiquiri and Kate Houck. And be sure to subscribe to The Hookup and all of our other podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search The Daily Texan. Also follow all of our podcasts on Twitter, at Texan Podcast. And be sure to catch up on news throughout the week at DailyTexanOnline.com. Special thanks to AP Mode and Austin-based band for letting us use their music. Also, our intro music is Gusty Hollow from Blue Dot Sessions.